Greetings fans, welcome to Shy Lounge. I am your host Shinblade and I must say that it's been a wonderful week um, after last week which was the first episode of Shy Lounge uh, coming off into the new year and I would like to extend a heavy thanks to those who have listened, supported, uh, sent me emails, texts, phone calls and all things otherwise uh, within communication uh, either liking the show or giving constructive criticism because you know criticism kind of uh, helps you improve so I give thanks to everybody who has supported uh, as well by subscribing to iTunes uh, bookmarking the link that I, that I have from uh, SoundCloud, Stitcher and other uh, places that I put Shy Lounge onto now again for those who are listening for the first time this is a podcast where i interview entertainers most notably wrestlers uh singers actors rappers singers whatever people of interest that can uh bring interest to you as well as interest to me this show is a personal journal for me on the side of things because um, i like interviewing people and i like traveling around going from state to state soon enough country to country and uh if I live long enough, world to worlds, but you know that's a couple more generations, so uh, none of us gonna be here for that. But not to be negative, let's turn it into a positive. It's been uh, a great interview with Bill Apter. He contacted me and said that he absolutely loved it, especially the uh, being in Philadelphia. In Philadelphia, you know, it's a um, pretty interesting town. But then again, I live in Baltimore, so there are the uh, similarities and differences of being in the northeast but uh this past week it's been a uh very interesting week in the world of wrestling news i know it's an entertainment podcast but i gotta say it because it's the pink elephant in the room or in my case purple elephant in the room um a lot of us watched the uh highly anticipated wrestle kingdom out of tokyo japan this is the 10th show out of the uh, January 4th Tokyo Dome show, which is highly sacred. Uh, some of us couldn't watch the show because we have uh, 9 to 5 work lives, but that's okay. As long as you caught it and watched the uh, strong style, high intensity action, it's all good. But uh, news came out of that stating that uh, AJ Styles, Shinsuke Nakamura, Dot Gallows, and... Carl Machine Gun Anderson have put in their notice to go to the machine that is WWE, the big company, as some people put it. Uh, well, I will say this on the side note that uh, I'm very congratulatory of them. You know, when WWE calls, you listen. Uh, they they are provided to be the they are they are the uh, number one wrestling company in the world or just the United States period depends on how you look at it and most notably that's where a lot of people go so uh, about nearly a year ago I considered AJ Styles to be one of the greatest wrestlers never to step into a WWE ring uh, right after Sting but in fact he did a long time ago in a uh, time far far away before he became phenomenal uh, facing Shane Hurricane Hems and he actually begged on the Shy Blog episode that I had about a year ago about 
uh, Shane Helms giving him the vertebraker, which he uh, pleaded to take. But um, since he's in WWE and Shane Helms is doing independence and being a highly successful independent star, I don't think that's going to happen for a while. So I wish AJ Styles well, or should I say we wish AJ Styles well, as well as uh, the Japanese Michael Jackson, as I call him, Shinsuke Nakamura, and also Bullet Club members Doc Gallows and Machine Gun Carl Anderson. And personally for me, I hope they don't change. Um, I, I hope the names stay the same and, you know, the following stays the same. Nothing really ever changes except for the fact that they're in the machine company now. But with being that said, I also have to uh, let you let you guys know that uh, about in May, I think, after Ring of Honor's World of World event, night one, we did have a uh, dinner at Denny's with AJ Styles, which is on my YouTube page under YouTube Shin Blade. Now, uh, if you can't find that in the search column, just go to channels. You'll see me doing the shy hands on the picture. And that'll be all my videos of shy blogs back when I was with uh, UTMR, otherwise known as Under the Mat Radio. But um, to me, it was a great time to have you know honestly I never thought I would meet AJ Styles or even shake his hand or even talk to him or just um, be associates with him so I'm very blessed on that end but this show is really really packed is uh, have it apparently maybe having a theme or something you know maybe I should call it uh, just rapping with I, I, I have no idea because uh the featured guest on the show is none other than what I call WWE legend, or should I say a legendary WWE manager, Oscar from Men on the Mission. Will be, uh, I have an interview with him that I will load up on to the, Shia, to the Shia Lounge for you to listen to. And it was a pretty interesting interview that we had. I met him about a year ago in uh, New York City doing Evan Ginsberg's Legends TV, which that's on YouTube as well. He's a nice guy. He's a Scorpio like me. So, you know, uh, if you know Scorpios, you know not to tick us off. Or else uh, we plain just don't like you. It takes an act of God to bring us back. And being of a Zen nature, I can actually uh, agree with that logic. But... Also, last week, I did send out a little uh, promotional tactic, not for me, but for people who are artists themselves. So if you are an artist, should I say a DJ, uh, a, a rapper, hip hop artist, should I say, and you want to get songs and beats and let it be known to the Shy Lounge and spread out for free, just hit me up. Hit me up on my on my Gmail account, son. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, hit me up on my Gmail account at shin.blade.808 at gmail.com. Um, I try to keep this as a PG-13 podcast, uh, you know, because I have kids that listen to it. I have adults that are not really uh, acceptable to cursing on the show. So make sure your your rap is, you know, a little uh, family-friendly, even though the intent may not be. But at least word-wise, let it be family-friendly. Uh, that's all I can say. I can't have drug content or, you know, overly sexual tones 
you know, as they have in today's rap music that they claim to be music, which that is whole rant to be placed on another day. But I, oh my goodness, I missed a point here. Uh, Shinblade slipping. I also am going to upload an interview very soon of another interview that I had after I interviewed Oscar of Men on the Mission, which will be from Pro Wrestling Report's Linda K. This will be a downloadable content interview as we took a small 10-minute interview during the show while people was getting ready for GLCW Blizzard Brawl in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. It was pretty quick. Um, I actually wanted something longer with her because she was one of my first people that I recruited to be uh, interviewed on Under the Mat Radio, and uh, apparently that did happen. And she's, she's a very, very beautiful person. So check out my Facebook page under facebook.com slash shin.blade.808. Same as my email address, so you don't have to memorize much. Um, I will be putting pictures out of albums that, uh, of pictures, random pictures that we have on the show that we discuss, and pictures of me being on the road. Uh, just meeting people, shaking hands with them, even posing with them. If not, then you can catch that on my Instagram page on Instagram at official shinblade and also you can catch the latest tweets and postings of links shows and everything off of Twitter under shinsational one at shinsational one on Twitter which which is s h i n s a t i o i o n a l o n e man I'm doing so much talking my mouth is getting dry so uh Maybe I just need to carry some water with me. Uh, you know, take a little quick sips while I'm talking. But then again, it wouldn't look right if I had this on camera because it looked like I'm drooling out my mouth, and that's not good. But before I get to the uh, introduction of this week's artist and the song this week, I will tell you that this podcast is not sponsored by Graze.com. Bunch of healthy snacks. Uh, from graze.com that I get merely every month, sometimes every two weeks if I go through it really fast offers healthy snacks not like your Cheetos, Doritos Fritos and other Eatos that you have which is high in salt you know, hypertension, blood pressure even just bad for your health graze.com provides the most delicious snacks by mail by UPS or FedEx, I forget what it is come into your house or business with the latest snacks of a random of a random box just like the other box companies of snacks that you enjoy and like if you don't like certain snacks after you sign up on graze.com you can also put you can also put your likes and dislikes of snacks that you can't have snacks that you're allergic to or snacks that you just highly uh, don't like the taste of but what I will be doing is giving you a promo code to get your first and fifth box free from graze.com. So if you log on to graze.com, enter the promo code SYLVAN4ZB. That is SYLVAN4ZB. And you get your first and fifth box free from graze.com. Don't keep them waiting. Snack up at graze.com. Again, the promo code is SYLVAN4ZB. Tell them that Shinblade of Shy Lounge sent you. Maybe I get a little kickback from it. So that's Graze.com. Song of the Week is coming from 
an artist that I know that I met months ago, uh, according to online or should I say under the mat radio, by the name of Montezzi. He had a song, uh, actually, it's kind of like a dedication to Roman Reigns, uh, current WWE star and right now current WWE champion. It's called Heart of a Warrior. That's a pretty uh, strong title for the song, but I'm going to let you listen to it. And in fact, from what he told me that uh, he presented it to Roman Reigns and the I, I, I guess I, I'm just flabbergasted when he told me this, but he said that the song was so impressive to Roman that he has it on his iPod. So that's a little tip to the hat to Montezzi. You know, Roman Reigns getting ready for his match, uh, setting up before he goes down that entrance to the ring. Uh, listening to the song to get some amp. So, how flattering is that for uh, Montezzi to know about know that about Roman Reigns? Uh, hopefully, I can see some tweets from Roman saying that, or just him doing that. Maybe on a montage to WrestleMania or something. Who knows? But I give Montezzi a lot of credit where credit's due. Coming out of St. Petersburg, Florida. Florida. I'm already jealous of him right now. He's probably soaking up the sun while he's uh, being a freestyle lyrical weight champion. But then again, we're all working somewhere, so we all can't be in the sun. Some of us got to freeze. So shout out to Montezzi. Shinblade says he got you. Thank you very much. And here I present to you Roman Reigns, dedicated Roman Reigns. The song is called Heart of a Warrior. Enjoy. Even though I'm a prodigy taking over the game, even though a lot of people will die even cut the fame. Now you know I'm a legend and people will know my name. I'm a warrior, Superman. Like Georgia Tech, I'm a yellow jacket Find myself all over the world Notice the man in action, ruler of the ring Legend that's in the making I am destined for the greatness Don't ever get it mistaken I'm the waiting, my time to shine And I'm the leader though Powerful, eminent grind Style, magnifico Champion at life, never will I be doubted Toughness is in the blood And loyalty never crowded my truest support, I'm always here for them. People hating, standing my way, I got a spare for them. I'm a head shrinker, king, son of seeker. Warrior for blood and I always remain a leader. Moment of silence for anyone who is in my way. Never quit, never back down, I am here to stay. Unexpected when opponents try to take me down. Punch the ground, here's a Superman punch. Man, down. even though I'm a prodigy taking over the game. Even though a lot of people will doubt me. Now you know I'm a legend and people would know my name I'm a warrior, Superman heart, call me Roman Even though I'm a prodigy taking over the game Even though a lot of people would doubt me because of me Now you know I'm a legend and people would know my name I'm a warrior, Superman heart, call me Roman Let me take them on a journey where they can notice 
the Samaria. Sacrifice for soldiers, we on Styles victorious. I'm like the Royal Rumble. I'm winning, taking the gold. Cause in life, you should know it's always about control in my soul. Got the tribal that is tatted on my arm. Got the motivate for justice. So better ring the alarm. Just respond. We are on something that you have never seen. Got the ooze over my arm. If you want the triple team, nothing you have ever seen. Something you can never be. Part of being great, I want it all while I'm living dreams. The world is mine and my future is always brighter. Taking it all by storm to the moment that I retire. Never will I expire. Fire up the igniters. The rain is just beginning and blasting up through the fires. The world is now my storm and the challenges will remain off the chain. But the warrior, call your boy Roman Reigns. Even though yeah. I'm a prodigy taking over the game. Even though a lot of people will Roman die Reigns. because of fame. Now you know Jay-Z. I'm a legend and people would know MTV. my name. I'm a warrior. So, uh, I'm here with Oscar from Mental to Mission uh, from WWE. How you doing today? I'm all right. How you doing? I'm all right. Uh, well, we're in this big hotel. Can you tell me more about the hotel? Where uh, we at? The Hilton Garden Inn, uh, Milwaukee Airport, because all y'all at the Days Inn, and they tell me Days Inn, and that, that's how I like the crack house, so <laughs> I had to upgrade a little bit. Oh, okay. Well, you know... I didn't know that all the wrestlers were staying there. I thought this would be the hotel because it's very luxurious and nice and got the kitchen and everything. Yeah, well, that's because David Hero is a cheapskate. But that's oh. another, that <laughs> was, you know, and then they only do what, what y'all allowed them to do. Everybody would have got in the lobby and been like, David, is you serious? That all y'all would have been over <laughs> here with me. Oh, man. I, I Honestly, I probably could afford one night just coming up here, just be like, you know, just coming in like uh, I wasn't. It's probably not as expensive as you think. On the weekends, they have deals like uh, not one hundred ninety nine dollars, something, something like that. It ain't, it ain't that bad. Hey, I went to California and they had a nice hotel like this. But when we got up to the rooms, it was third world country. We didn't have we didn't have a bathroom. It was like bathroom was all over the halls and the showers and everything. What the hell hotel was you at in California? I, um, it was it was some hotel. I forget what it was. The hostel. That's what it was. It was they like people up in the basement. <laughs> no, not in Wait, the basement. No, 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 no. You got to explain this to me. Where the hell was y'all at? Where y'all ain't had no bathroom? Well, the bathroom was on the outside of the room where you had to walk through the halls and go to the bathroom. It was like many bathrooms of floor. So the why? I don't know. I forgot the name of it, but it got to the point where the hostel why. Okay, I'll call it the Hostel Y. Okay, I'll call it Hostel Y. in California, because when I uh, when you tell me, I want to go the other way. Downtown Los Angeles. Oh yeah, okay, yeah, you were subject to be anywhere. We we were next to uh, Skid Row. Uh, what the hell you would see that? That would have told you right there. <laughs> well, it was it was that when you uh, got out there and you saw all the people sitting on the corner, 
begging, and then you saw them all just clumped up together, looking like you got looking like some tar pit city in Uganda. Then you should have known you was in the wrong neighborhood. You don't stay over there. I didn't book it. Uh, my partner uh, GB he he um, he had people that he known that booked it, and I just went out there on the whim with him. And nah, he was he was amazed got, also you, when we you, got to the room. You got changed that up. Did you actually stay there? Yeah, we stayed there. It was, it was all in the travel plans. Yeah, you better than me. Hey, life on the road. That's how it is. That ain't how it is. <laughs> we all can't live like, I mean, come on now. I mean, I'm doing my own podcast. And, you know, I'm, it's the indie wrestling life where we say in Days In, Motel 6, you know, the little Norman Bates type hotels. You get on Expedia. See, that's where you're wrong. If you want to meet Norman Bates for real, then, yeah, you stay your ass over there. <laughs> you, you get on Expedia and you look up your own stuff. Look up what you can afford, you know, and all that other kind of stuff like that. How many stars it got. Read the reviews. Do some research, brother. Then when you get someplace, you'll be comfortable. So you don't do Priceline with William Shatner? No. Nah, nah, see, you ain't going to surprise me. Because, <laughs> see, I learned a long time ago. Uh, I paid like one ninety nine on Priceline, and then the days in popped up. I wanted to shoot somebody. Oh, really? Yeah, what a scam that was. How was it days in? How was it days in? How was it like? Did you stay there? No, really? No, you you really? So you so this was just Expedia Hotel. It wasn't like flight, hotel, and car. Um, yeah, I was. Yeah, I think it was just hotel. But okay. for one ninety nine, and this was in Chicago, I was like, oh, hell no. Nah. Y'all can do a hell of better than this. Was it in summertime? I forgot what time of year it okay, was. Okay, because I know hotels. I know they charge, like, up in the summertime. Even the even the crackhead hotels, they'll charge you about 80 bucks a night. Yeah, and, see. But really, um, I want to talk to you about uh, you. Like, you know, you've been in the business. Um, I feel as though that nobody talks about where you come from. And, you know, the beginning. So I just want to know, know your origins. The beginning? In the beginning, like straight out the womb. You know, it's funny you ask that question because this year at SummerSlam, uh, my wife, Dreamy Mimi, actually took her back to the beginning. Really? So SummerSlam was in Brooklyn, which uh, SummerSlam was actually in the neighborhood where I was born and raised. Whoa. So we all stayed at the Sheridan which is downtown, which is where I spent a lot of my time as a kid mm-hmm. on that particular street. Five minutes from there were the projects that I grew up in, the Fort Greene Ingersoll houses. Mm-hmm. So we went over there in the daytime, I want to say, and I actually showed her the building where I lived at, where I grew up at, because I didn't leave there till my senior year of high school. You know, I showed her the window of the apartment where I grew up in, and I mean, where I was there since I was two years old, and even one of my even one of my friends that I knew, knew since I was five years old still lived in the building right next to that building, so we was able to reminisce. So you know, Fort Greene, Brooklyn, you know, near the Barclays Center, that's where I spent my formidable years. Really, that part of downtown Brooklyn, those are my roots. Well, how how is it then when you growing up to now that it's the Barclays Center? It's a lot different. One of the things that uh, I know that after I left, things got really, really, really bad, you know, I mean, because, you know, Brooklyn is no joke. You know, it's it's a lot of crime in Brooklyn, a lot of young cats running around like the Wild West. But when I got to the projects, I saw something that I thought I wouldn't see in my lifetime. 
there are white people living there. There are Asian <laughs> people living there. I mean, the whole thing looks different. They done integrated the area, and it was, you know, it, it was a positive thing to see, and it really made my heart feel glad that it really takes a turn for the better. Was it like a Whole Foods in the corner also? Nah, they ain't got the Whole Foods yet, <laughs> but uh, believe me, they're going in that direction. I wouldn't be surprised. I, I remember Marlon Wayans on the, on the Arsenio Hall show, The Reboot, he said that um, – he grew up in Chelsea, mm-hmm. which um, I don't know which borough it is at New York, but he remember he would say that it would be like the Wild West, as you say. And then nowadays, it's like a Whole Foods, and like now a lot of uh, white people and alternative lifestyle people live there. So you just can't rep like you did back in the day. Well, see, with the Barclays Center, one of the things that, that New York has done in certain sections, and I didn't think Brooklyn would be one of them, especially that part of Brooklyn. They've industrialized it to the point where they had to police the area aggressively. Okay. When you were seeing that, that's what a lot of ghettos need. You know, if they did in a lot of ghettos what they did in that part of Brooklyn, police the area, enforce the laws, you know, stamp the drugs out, which they really could if they really wanted to, to put that manpower behind it, mm-hmm. you would see change in a lot of areas. And that's what they did. That's what they had to do. When I was sitting, um, when we were sitting on a bench under my, where, where I used to live at, you know, I saw police patrols come through about five times in two hours. Mm. That's something I didn't see growing up. Mm-hmm. You saw regular cop cars, you saw detective cars, and that kind of thing goes on all night. So you would be a fool to try to slang any dope around there or do anything, anything like that, because you never know when they come and they're going to get caught, and they are really, really vigilant about the security of the area now and that makes all the difference and then they have to because you got corporate buildings in that area now that we didn't have growing up really you got the barclays center now like we mentioned i mean you got a you got a four star marriott hotel you know steps away from where i grew up Mm. you got the sheridan which i mentioned where we used to stay at and I think that's where the old uh, old movie theater was, where we used to go to the movies at, seeing kung fu flicks when we were coming up. All that's gone, but you got all this high end, high priced property now. So yeah, I mean that that's it's a big change. So they drove the people out of uh, of, of Brooklyn, and they just they just uh, built it back up. But I was going to ask you what your days were. Uh, you, you were not far from. Uh, Notorious B.I.G. as far as age, right? Because nah. he, he said he was slanging, too. Yeah, he, he's a little bit younger than me. And, yeah, we basically grew up uh, – uh, he grew up – I would say he grew up near the Fort Greene Projects. I grew up in the Fort Greene Projects. And the stories are parallel because, I mean, that's where, you know, we started rapping and, 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 and carrying on and all that other kind of stuff like that. And, and doing it back then, you didn't dream that – you would get to the level of where we got. I mean, two different directions, but the levels are similar because, you know, you was a kid rapping in the projects, you know, living hand to mouth. You know, your mother did the best she could, but, I mean, you basically was dirt poor. And then, you know, one day, you know, you seeing a limelight and you rapping in front of 20,000, 30,000 people. So if you look at the struggle from you being a kid back then with a dream and then you actually living that dream on a mountaintop, yeah, it's it's, it's, it's something to see. Well, um, I'm a big hip-hop guy, 
and you know i believe that hip-hop is on a respirator you know a coma coma type thing where uh you know you were talking about people doing it for nostalgia and fun and and, and whatnot now it's like i'm a rap today and tomorrow i want to get millions and i'm going to be on top of the world and i think that's a lost cause in hip-hop uh pretty much that uh you know it was positivity in rap back in the day like you know check microphone check one two what is this now it's like you know girls slanging and uh partying and getting high so i mean i don't mean to cut you off i mean it's it's really sad because when rap first came out you know when i wanted to be when i wanted to be a rapper you know it was a grandmaster flash uh curtis blow um the treacherous three you know, I mean, they were all about the party and hip-hop. And they inspired me to even want to be a rapper. Okay. Because it was all, you know, it was all fun and the party and the hoe and hey and, you know, and the party, party, party and have a good time and put the guns down. You know, now it's pick the guns up and, <laughs> and, and, and let's go get hoes and all that other, you know, all that other kind of stuff like that. That if they rapped about that when rap first started, I wouldn't have been interested in it because I've always tried to be a positive cat. But, you know, but, yeah, I mean, it's like Common. Common got the most prolific hip-hop record on that subject. I used to love her talking about how when it yeah. was a party and when it was a this, that, and the other, I was in love with it. But look at what you've become. Oh, okay. But, um I, I remember that record, and I'm just, I was thinking about when you pulled up records, I was remembering the last record he made called Nobody Smiling, which was about, you know, Chicago and how it was Murder City and, you know, talking about that thing and the struggles. And to me, that was one of the best hip-hop albums I've ever heard. I'm a big Common fan. And, you know, um, I did want to ask you about your love for uh, hip-hop. Like, how did you get into it? You weren't on the streets. I'm, I'm guessing that you had a uh, tight-knit family, you know, stayed in the house and everything. Yeah, I mean, I saw rap as one tool and one tool only. I saw it as a way to meet girls. I'm, <laughs> I'm like, rappers are getting all the girls and this, that, and the other. Well, let me try to be a rapper because that's where the girls are flocking to. Yes. But as time went on and I got... And I, I was lousy in the beginning, to be honest. I mean. Isn't everybody? I, no, I mean, I was super lousy. <laughs> I got a job at a club called Broadway International, which was, you had two clubs for rap in New York back in the 80s. Broadway International and Disco Fever. Now, I couldn't get a foot in the door at the Fever because in order to be uh, one of the upper echelon rappers at the Fever, you had to have a record out or you really had to have recognition as a rapper, and I didn't have neither. Mm. Broadway International, however, was run by a Jewish man named Leon Brill. And Leon... Always the Jews. Leon, I know. Leon, <laughs> and, and, but the guy that owned the fee was Sal Abatello, and he was, he was Italian. Yeah, so, yeah. You know, ain't nobody black owning these clubs. That's the point. <laughs> Leon took a liking to me. He just, he just liked me from the beginning. Mm-mm-mm. And uh, but I used to get on stage and try to rap. And they used to throw stuff at me and boo. And I mean, it, <laughs> so it was it was the rapper's Apollo for you. It was the rapper's Apollo. <laughs> but I got on stage every week because I worked there. I mean, you know, yeah, <laughs> you know. So and I get off stage and every week Leon be like, "Don't listen to them, God." Either <laughs> either he was grooming me for something, or it was just entertainment for him to see me get booed. To this day, I don't know which one. 
Well, but uh, yeah. After a year, I got better. Either I got, I would like to think I got better, but I guess the truth is they were like, oh, man, he ain't going nowhere, and we tired of booing him, so let's just let him introduce the act. Wait a minute, but or, you got Or whatever. Wait a minute, you got in the rest, uh, World Wrestling Federation. Oh, that was way later. The, the way later? Okay, well, um, you know, coming coming up in there, um, you, you kept rapping, um, and you stayed in Brooklyn, but what, what led you out of Brooklyn and, and – did you did you travel before? My family you- moved to Los Angeles. Okay, and everything changed in Los Angeles as a rapper. I was a superstar. When when did you move to Los Angeles? I moved to Los Angeles in 1987. Okay, this was when NWA. No, this is this is before NWA. I think they had a record before the uh, Straight Outta Compton. They they did like um, Eazy-E and NWA. Yeah, but what I'm trying to tell you is. My rise in the rap game in L.A. came before there was an N.W.A. even formed. Oh. I was with a guy named Mixed Master Spade. And one of the first rappers to gain notoriety in Los Angeles was Ice-T. Ice-T was rapping way before anybody. Yes. Um, and um, like I said, I was with Mixed Master Spade and I was one of the best there was out in Los Angeles because what was bad in New York was good in Los Angeles because Los Angeles, you know, was an infant when it came to rap. So, you know, I was a street superstar when it came down to rapping. We used to make tapes and sell them for $20 a pop out of the trunk of the car all day long, all day long, all day long, all day long. And, um, you know, it was, you know, it was, you know, like that. So my dream was... You know, my dream was like anything else, to make records and, you know, all that other kind of stuff like that. What wound up happening was I met a man, and in life, you can meet one man to change the course of the rest of your life. Yes, indeed. A man named Norby Walters. Now, Norby Walters was the agent to the stars. That's what he's called. Norby Walters represented every black act that was singing at the time, and he would throw them on tour. Mm. Rap groups, Curtis Blow, Grandmaster Flash, Sugar Hill Gang, The Temptations, Patti LaBelle, Natalie Cole, he rep, He was the agent, the booking agent for all of them. Luther Vandross, I don't care who it was. If they were black and they were singing, Norby Walters was their agent. When Norby was on the cusp of retiring, that's when I met him at a music convention. He took a liking to me and knew that I had something. Okay. He brought me to a party, and in the, in, in the party that he had had William Shatner there. It had uh, Tom Cruise that just left when I got there. This is the, how deep this party was. Were you starstruck? Yeah, I, I, <laughs> I, 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 I was. And he had me rap at this particular event. And when I rapped at the event, I freestyled it and nailed it. And all of these whole, these big stars in Hollywood, all of them pulling left and right because they all had their own plans for me. I mean, they were like, yeah, we're going to do this with them. We're going to do that with them. We're going to do wow. this. And, I mean, I was basically, you know, like on my way. Okay. Now, fast forward, you know, and there's a lot to the story. But fast forward, what wound up happening was there's a comedian named Andrew Dice Clay, and I know you remember, you know who that is. You know, Andrew Dice Clay surprised me as a kid because I kept thinking he was Italian growing up, but in, yeah. turn, in turn, he's Jewish. He's Jewish. I learned that later, too. Yeah. 
I thought he was Italian too. And Andrew, it was a, yeah, uh, Andrew uh, Silverstein or something. Silverstein, yeah. And, and he he was so spot on with his act that you he was like that's an Italian dude, and you yeah. learn later on like you Jewish, like you that dirty, right? Yeah, I, I thought he was Italian too. And it was like oh. Um, it was a young mafia guy that I knew that told me he was Jewish, and I was inclined to believe it because he would know. I'll tell, you, I'll tell you before you start on. There was another guy I thought I was Italian, but he's Jewish too. Who that? Brad Garrett. Oh, uh, I'm not surprised. The big brother from yeah, Everybody Loves Raven. I'm not surprised. And, and for you wrestling fans, he was Hulk Hogan in the uh, cartoon series, uh, the uh, Rock and Wrestling. Oh, okay. So, But, yeah, you can go ahead with your story. So – Dice took me with him to Las Vegas, and in Las Vegas, that's where I um, did the rap for Macho Man and Vince, and that's where the hist- history comes from with Men on a Mission. Okay, because um, what I remember in retrospect is that I, I clearly see you in the audience when Bret Hart had just lost the title to Yokozuna, and Hulk, Hulk Hogan was there, and Bret that's Hart was pushing them. personally got me tickets. Yes, and I'm just seeing this guy, and I'm like, that's Oscar from Men on a Mission, yeah. like... Okay, where did that come from as far as being there at WrestleMania to now being men on the mission? Like, I mean, well, not now, but 94, 93 when when you first started to get on TV. Because when I had a telephone conversation with Vince, it was like a week before WrestleMania, I asked him for a couple of tickets, and he was like, hell yeah, and gave me them tickets and them great seats. And a month after that WrestleMania 9, they called me up to Stanford, Connecticut, that's where I met Moa Mabel, and Men on a Mission was born. Okay, so you never knew them uh, no, when I they did. were coming up. They were in the USWA, and I think they were yeah, like the they Knights. Were the Harlem Knights. The Harlem Knights. These guys are Men on a Mission from Harlem, New York, and you're the only one, uh, real real world wise, that is from New York. Right. And I, you know, when I when I first heard Moe on your show, I was like, that's not Mo. Like that that the accent that he has, and. I thought it was I thought it was Kamala because Kamala has a deep Mississippi accent, mm-hmm. and I was like that, ain't, that can't be Mo that can't be Mo, and it turns out it was, and you know I talked to him a couple times we're we're uh, pretty close friends as far as social media and I reach out to him and he he supported me in what I do like he gave me kind words, your friend and mine Evan Ginsberg yeah you know I course. talked to him and we were actually for a fact if people don't know we were on the episode together November first two thousand fourteen. Right. And um, everything was history. You know, it was a great show, and I kept doing the shy hands. And to tell you, not to take away from you, my mother loved it, and she inspired it. So that's why when I take pictures with people, I do it, and uh, that was it. The only person I got heat from was Jay Lethal. Why? From Ring of Honor, because he thought I was being sacrilegious to Christian. And his mother is uh, is uh, Christian, and, you know, I squashed it in about four months when I saw him again, and I told him, and that was it. But you met uh, Men on the Mission, and how did it go when you first met him? Oh, it went terrible. Really? Yeah. <laughs> well, t- can, you, can you elaborate? Well, I had lived in L.A. at that time for years, and I had gotten used to, I had really gotten used to a champagne lifestyle. I mean, I was staying in big hotels. I was rolling in limousines. I was making money. And... You know, they, you know, they, they were, they were pretty much country, you know, they were simple, simple guys. So, you know, they would want to do stuff like eat at truck stops, stay at days in, other <laughs> kind of stuff like that. And I was like, uh, I no, I wanted to do just the opposite. So we would clash and butt heads on 
we were clashing butt heads on just about everything. Do you do you think they were trying to save money when they said eat at truck stops? Oh, I'm sure they was. Yeah. Okay, because lot- I didn't uh, at that time. I didn't care about that because number one, you know, number one, my expectations were very high. We were in the WWF, so I was expecting that we was getting ready to make a mint. We in the WWF, we on TV. What the hell are y'all being so frugal for? <laughs> I mean, it is time to party. It is time to splurge. I mean, we finna, <coughs> we finna be in mansions. Well, well, y'all want to eat at the truck stop? Come on, quit playing. Well, well, Macho Man, he um, he was world champion in '88 when he first won the title, and it, stories were going around that he was sleeping in hotel room floors. And you know, you think it was a it was a bad room or anything, but you learn from his father. And I saw the Macho Man DVD, and he, he clearly says that on tape. You know, spend as less as you can. Yeah, well, in hindsight, <laughs> in hindsight is twenty twenty. In hindsight, you learn that <laughs> the best thing that you can do, that you should have done, was save as much as you can because – that pot of gold you was expecting wasn't rocking as many diamonds in there as you thought you was going to get. So, But see, one thing I learned to do in life, the life is no do-overs. You know, yeah. I don't look back and talk about what I should have did or what I should have saved or what I shouldn't have bought or all that because it will drive you up the wall. Yeah, I had a good time. You know, I, I, I'll tell young cats today, I don't care if you can global force, ring of honor, Today's WWE, you know, number one, meals are expensive. Number two, getting around is expensive. Hotel rooms, stay safe, but stay moderate. You don't got to check in no crack house to save no money, but stay moderate. And leave them hoes alone, because if I, if I <laughs> tell you where it, it was, for my money, it was 15% travel, 20% lodging, and sixty five percent bitches. That's where. That's where really. Where yeah. So, so this is why, like, most of the time in the business, people are dating. The, you know, the guy wrestlers are dating the female wrestlers. Yeah, is that I mean, to save money. To do, cause, even though it's bad know, for business sometimes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, pimping might not be easy, but tricking to get you broke. I gotta get the Godfather one day and see see how bad pimping is. Uh, yeah, well, for him it might be all right. So he's on the right side of the coin. I was on the other side of the coin. I was out there, you know, with the ring rats and and just in in the the girls and the this that and the other. I told you the sex and money business, and I was a freaking jackrabbit. So so you weren't the. Uh, I was gonna say, I was gonna say, Freddie. Uh, as far as the loose women. You didn't get the women that was like, I'm with you because you're in WWF. It's like, I'm with you. I'm charging you this money. No, 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 no. You, you, no, 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 no. You, you, no, no, no. I wasn't pulling them off the track and calling 1 800. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, when I say that, it's a thing to where when you snatch them out the audience at a show or. You know, you meet them, you know, I mean, you spending money on them. You taking them out to eat and you're doing this, that. You're doing everything to get to that end game, which is to get them in the bed at night. So uh, what I'm saying is it's expensive in that regard, not you paying for it, which you are. Okay, which you are. Yeah. You are paying for it. Yep. All right. But it's not no direct transaction. Yeah. But I'm going to tell you what, the money you spend on dinner Money you spend on a nice hotel because you're trying to impress them to some extent. 
the money you spend on, you know, giving them a Snicker bar at night, feeding them a Snicker bar at night in the bed and all that, yeah, you better off going to get them off the track. It's way cheaper. Because <laughs> if you add that bill up to that bill, believe you me, it's a big difference. Well, I, I mean, I'm fortunate that the uh, area that I'm in, I date women that like nice things, but they're very, very uh, minimalist. Good. Where, like, you know, I would I would have them in somewhere like days in. It's like, oh, okay, you're just sleeping here. And it's like not a problem. Yeah, well. So, well, it, yeah, I know, you know. Um, it, it, it may, you know what? And and the way I, the way it is, it may not even even have been a problem. But in my mind, well, see, I've been a hotel snob ever since the '90s. So it probably was more me than them. But like like where we at right now? Like the difference between the days in and the Hilton Garden in. I, I'm just one of them kind of people where, you know. I, where I lay my head at night makes a big difference to me. Now, if I don't got no choice, that's one thing. But if I have a choice, which blessedly, you know, at this particular minute I do or did, and, and back then, back then the way I was making money back then, I really had choices. Okay. So I'm just not, I'm just not that guy that I know I'm saving money going to Motel 6 or the Super 8. Or, or 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 the red roof or anything like that, but when I just looked around at my surroundings, I I, I just like nah, you know. Uh, but a hotel that got an escalator in it and a big front desk and three four restaurants and you know so seven pillows on the bed and marble in the bathroom. I mean, I was really <laughs> like impressed by that kind of thing. So I that's where I went. Well. um, Oh my goodness! We're talking hotel talk on this show. I, 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 pretty much got to split it in two. But I'm, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna take it back to men on the mission. Yeah. Now, um, I'm not here to rub dirt on WWE or anything like that. So I'm gonna talk about Oscar and men on the mission. Um, I know Mo's gonna be listening soon, and um, I know Nelson is listening right now. Oh you know, yeah. He, he's up in the great beyond. But how is it on the? It, how is it also on the road as far as rental cars? I know you got funny rib stories. Uh, as well. You know, um, you know, funny stories, things that happen. Some things that happen that you didn't find funny, but you find funny now. Now, when you say as far as rental cars, what you mean by that? Well, you were talking about how, like, they like to eat at truck, stop, truck stops and days in. And rental cars, I'm talking about, like, pricing and, you know, money and everything. Like, travel. Oh, uh, see, we didn't have a really a credit card at that time. So, the WWE office, would, would, they, they would rent our cars for, they would give us these vouchers. For the runner cars, and it and and I mean, after about every quarter, we would get docked for the rental cars we was renting, and that was that was like Pearl Harbor. <laughs> I know the feeling. Oh my God! I, I mean, first off, because of Nelson's size, you couldn't rent a mid-sized car. Yeah, you had to get like a Cadillac. So imagine. You know, just imagine willy nilly the cost. I mean, you're not you're not looking at the sales where like where budget got cars for thirty five dollars a day or this that and the other. It would just go with the flow. Oh, okay. So the rental car bills that were, even though they were split in three, oh my god, they couldn't give it to you about a week or about a month. I, or I don't. You know, like I said, they they didn't care what they did. They was just get. They were just. 
they were just renting them. <laughs> just put it like that for for lack of a better term. But I mean, you, you know, it, 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 the tension got to the point. This is how tense it got after about six months. Okay, where I was riding with other people, I rode with Ludwig Borger for about three months. Really? Yeah. I yeah. I, I I liked that guy back in the day, but I never heard of him after three three or so yeah, months. Yeah, I rode with I rode from town to town without without in ring enemy Ludwig. I mean K Fave on, on on doing it, but I rode with Ludwig Borger. Matter of fact, me and Ludwig went to the hood. I went to get to the hair get a haircut. And he was fascinated by the hood. He was all outside, walking up and down the block, looking <laughs> around. I'm like, if you don't get your German SS looking at back in this barbershop and sit down, I was scared and scared to death. <laughs> but I was, no, I was more scared of somebody wanting to try to pick a fight with him okay. than I was of something happening to him. Was he, was he as tough as his character? Yeah. Okay. I was like, yeah, I, 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 don't, I, I don't want Ludwig going out here killing one of these brothers out here because that, that that really would be a real bad look. So I really wish you get in here and sit down. Well, um, that that's an amazing story right there. Now, I was going to say that I know that um, that Nelson he was in size. The people that know Mabel, he was like uh, toting four. Five hundred pounds, five and change. So you know you had to get like SUVs. I didn't know he could fit in the uh, in, in the Cadillac because the the roof is so. Yeah, low. we never got an He's SUV. So we got a Cadillac. Okay, and he was fitting in, but that would be about the smallest kind of car we would get. Okay, well, um, honestly, one of the moments that I wanted to talk to you about was the infamous moment mm-hmm. where you were on Survivor Series ninety uh, three when you were part of the Doinks. Yeah, now. It was, I think it was you guys and the Bushwhackers against, uh, what was it, the Head Shrinkers, Bam Bam, and Bastion Booger? Yeah, that was it. How was that experience? Because a lot of times, a lot of critics rip on that match as far as being one of the worst matches of 1993. And I, and as a kid, I found it very, very entertaining, you know, because you got to give something to the kids. Well, it was it was one of the most fun nights that I can remember in my tenure there. It was a thing where, I mean, you, you know, you, you knew from the commentary of the programs leading up there were going to be four doinks. But we didn't know that we were going to be one of the doinks until we actually got there that day. Mm. You know, I got there that day, and makeup was like, uh, yeah, we need to see you. Uh, and then they put the clown makeup on me, and I was as shocked as anybody. And... When we bust out that curtain, the fans lost their mind. I remember that. In a good way? Garden. In a bad way? No, in a good way. Okay. I mean, they really, really, really had a good time. The rap was on, or the rap was spot on, and everybody was partying because they did, that, they did not see that one coming. And the match was supposed to be hilarious. It was the doinks, for God's sake. I mean, come on, people yeah. fighting up. And to this day, you know, it goes down as one of the, you know, you look at silly match DVDs, you know, it's, 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 it's in there. But it was just a great time for all of us. Well, personally, I thought the match was good. It was entertaining, but I think people took it seriously. That's why it's one of the worst. They, they label it the worst matches ever. And, you know, you're going against the Head Shrinkers, a couple of cannibals uh, from Samoa, uh, Bastion Booger, who was a glutton, 
and you know you had the only person that was no nonsense was Bam Bam Bigelow. Well, let me tell you something. People call Men on a Mission one of the worst tag teams ever. You know, they're always going to be critics of everything. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, so I, I, I personally don't go by that. All I know is it was a good time. It was different. And even if they call it the worst, even if they call you the worst whatever, at least you going down in history. You understand what I'm saying? You yeah. down in history as the worst, but you going down. So... You know, I don't know what to say about that. I had a good time. Well, look, I was on WWE Network, and they said the worst factions ever. And I think uh, one of my favorites, and it's a dubious one, is called MIA, um, the Misfits in Action from WCW. I thought they were hilarious. Well. You know, and they said it was a failed faction. And I guess they were talking about how, like, factions supposed to win gold and be relevant in, in uh, merchandise and sell it. They said the BWO was one of them, which – I didn't get either because they were so over with ECW fans. Well, like I said, I mean, you're going to have your fans in anything. You're going to have your detractors. Um, the sad part is detractors a lot of times are louder than the fans of things. So that's the reason why, you know, that stands out. Well, one of my favorite female wrestlers I mark out for on NXT is not even an NXT wrestler. And her name is uh, Blue Pants. Uh, Leva Bates, you know, okay. her song that comes up, which at, to, on this day, they changed it. And I think it's a horrible song. But when Colin Cassidy started singing The Price is Right, you know, I think it's a better song. And, you know, she does cosplay. But I mark out whenever I see her because mm-hmm. it, she had this thing of not being known and she was so over with the crowd. And that's the thing in wrestling that I base a lot of things on is, is your character over. Now, when you came out with the Men on the Mission, um, you know, gimmick with the purple and gold and you kept rapping and everything, the uh, the kids were, were were with you. You know, whoop, there it is, Men on the Mission. They were hey-hoing in the crowd. So you, you guys were one of the most over-tag teams I ever saw, being at a black tag team as well. So, you know, you rapping and then Nelson uh, being of size and Mo being the partner of Nelson – on the team, it was just it was just great. I mean, you guys are former tag team champions, as said in the books. Um, you know, I didn't find out till years later. You beat the uh, Quebecers, right? Yeah. And then um, also, um, are you, you know, you guys turn heel, and they turn heel on you, right? And they beat you up, and you got sent away. And as a kid, I'm like, dude, that's your brother. Like, why are you gonna beat your brother up? Right. And um, can you can you tell us about that? It was. It, it, like I said, I got burnt out. Number one, I was ready to go because Vince actually offered to turn me heel with him. But I was burnt out, ready to go and try other things. And, you know, I, I always had – I was doing anti-drug things in schools and, you know, saying yes to education with kids. So with that broad of an audience looking at me, I didn't want a negative connotation to my character. Okay. Those are the two things that that really um, comp- prompted me, you know, to get fired by them, you know. But it was sad for me because it was the end of an era. It was the end of something beautiful. Yeah. I honestly, honestly believe in my heart of hearts, and I believe then and I believe now, it was the wrong time to even do it. But I think that the WWE makes a lot of mistakes 
when it come down to that. I, I think they make um, when they broke up the Wyatts, right? That was a little. That was crazy. the wrong time to do that, but yeah. they learned that because look at that, they put them back together. Well, well, I believe that Eric, uh, not Eric Rowan, uh, Luke Harper, he had something going for himself. You know, I, I questioned him being Intercontinental Champion because it was just it was no build; it was out of the blue. He yeah, was, but uh, what I'm saying is, you know, for them to do that, it was wrong. I mean, I think it had to, it was good to be done eventually, but when they did it, because they had just started gaining momentum doing it, mm-hmm. you know, when they broke the shield up, I honestly think it was the wrong time to do that. Really? Yeah. I, yeah. I, I, Hundred percent. I, you know, honestly, I I was afraid of that. Like afraid of that uh, when they broke him up, they it wasn't going to be anything from him. Like one guy was going to rise to the top, and I think so with Seth Rollins. Like he he's like this heel character. I love his work style. You know, his CrossFit and everything. Okay, and you hit the nail right on the head with that. You may disagree with what I'm about to say. Seth Rollins is very very talented in the ring. I look at him and I'm like, I mean, that boy can go. But Seth Rollins is champion. Who gives a damn? I mean, I put it like this. Seth Rollins against who at WrestleMania is going to sell the place out unless you have other matches that can actually support the event as the main event. Mm-hmm. I mean, um, when he became champion out of WrestleMania, I, I liked it because it was something out of the blue. You didn't you didn't see it coming. And plus, the, the consensus in the crowd was they didn't like Brock Lesnar because he was hardly there as champion. And then right. Roman Reigns had a broken build as going to the main event. They said, we're going to push this guy to the moon. And people started booing him. Even his cousin, The Rock, couldn't help him in, in Philly. Yeah, you had Seth Rollins, who uh, you couldn't even call him part-time. He just show up when he, he just show up whenever he show up. Well, so, yeah, him being the champion wasn't really plausible. Well, I, I think so when it first happened. But when he was when they start booking him against Sting and Kane, I just said, they're just – filling in slots because I wrote an article in September in October about Sting being in WWE and he lost to Triple H in WrestleMania which I was looking forward to that match and then I hated it midway because it turned nostalgic and when uh, Sting came back to face Rollins I'm like who did Sting beat like he just had marketing and name value and then there was a couple fans out there the marks are saying yeah Sting's going to beat Rollins and I'm like no he's not like Rollins might get disqualified, find a way to get out the title. And then you bring Kane back into the mix, which I did like his character, the evil Kane and good Kane, good, good cop and bad cop. But again, Kane is a team player and he, uh, he, he, uh, I wouldn't say job though, but he put Seth Rollins over and now Seth Rollins is injured and I'm wishing him a well recovery. Well, I mean, yeah. Um, I mean, I hope he come back, you know. Where the hell is Cena? I mean, you know, a lot of characters, quite a few characters missing from this this this, this comedy, but I don't know. I, it's a thing where, um, it's, it's a thing where, you know, you bring up WWE. They're just struggling right now to really, like, find their place. I mean, they got the network going on and, all other kind of stuff like that. Nine ninety nine, by the way. Eleven ninety nine in Canada. Yeah. Oh, it's eleven ninety nine in Canada. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, what is that a boot? Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I, 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 I hope they find their way. I watch every week because I talk about them on my show. You know, um, I'm going to TLC. I'm going to WrestleMania. I remain a fan, but 
you know, and 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 I saw, you know, I ain't saying nothing to him about it. I was talking to him about some other stuff. I saw Triple H and Mark Carano a few weeks ago um, at an event in Boston called the Concussion Legacy Institute event, and I actually saw him. We talked for a bit. I didn't bring nothing up, but you know, I and, oh, and incidentally, it was interesting because okay, I saw them at the event, and we were kind of hanging out, and. All of a sudden, towards the end of the event, they all got rushed out of there like, you know, like 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 they were running from the FBI or something. And they were getting rushed out because they were all going to go back to the office or hop on a plane because of what happened to Seth Rollins. So, yeah, I saw their, re- their, react- their reaction to that. Because it happened that night. You were there when Seth Rollins got injured and they got no, no, no. They were he was in he was overseas, but I was with Triple H when it happened. Okay, and Triple H and them rushed out, and I didn't know why they rushed out at the minute. But yeah, as it turns out, we found out later on that night that Seth Rollins it was a shoot that he legitimately got injured. Yeah, so they either rushed out to go to the office in Stanford because they had to retool the Survivor Series real quick, or they rushed out straight to the corporate jet. To fly over there to go see about Seth. So, <laughs> did you did you see the video of him uh, uh, injuring his leg? No, I didn't see it. Oh, it's an ugly injury. Oh uh, yeah, I, I could imagine. To me, it's almost as worse as RG 3s leg when he got hit by Haloti Nod in his first year, where he jerked out and he got back in when he got tackled. Oh yeah, and um, it's not as bad as Joe Theismann. Okay, but um, you know, you're you're a positive guy. I mean. You like the positive rap. I like the positive rap. And then I seen you at New England with a opening rap. Um, you know, shout out to uh, Joseph Bruin and um, Al. I forget his last name. Uh, Jara. But now that you're out, um, wh- what have you been doing over the years? Like, you know, you have Not Your Mama's radio show. Well, when I got out the WWE, I got in real radio, mainstream radio, a show called Man Cow's Morning Madhouse in Chicago. I did sports. And, um, you know, since then, I've been in different radio situations, uh, you know, signings, conventions. You know, I worked a regular job for, uh, in, you know, in a couple of intervals in my life because, you know, I got to keep paying the bills. And that was ugly. That just was <laughs> depressing. I mean, I used to be a superstar and now answering the phone, talking about, would you like to buy this insurance? Yeah. Uh, but I, I keep keyed into the entertainment business, you know, the money side of it anyway, you know, to make ends meet because that's what my passion is. That's what my, I'm most knowledgeable at, and that's what the, my, my heart is. And to stay at hotels, too. Um, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and uh, now I'm working on a program called One at Equilibrium where I am going to take former athletes across the spectrum that have depression issues and don't know what to do when they're out the game and put them in support groups and a hotline and a whole bunch of other positive things so that uh, a lot of people that are aware of it can come to solutions and, you know, because suicide among especially our people is running rampant. You know, I mean, it's at an all-time high and they do it because they don't have a uh, a phone number that they can pick up the call when they feel in a certain kind of way or anything like that. So we want to implement that for our athletes, not just in wrestling, but basketball, football, boxing, whatever. You know, they don't have a platform to go to when they need somebody to talk to 
or anything like that. So we're going to create that kind of situation so that, you know, our people can keep living and, you know, live a normal life. Well, um, now I feel like I know two people that's doing positive work. I mean, I know Dangerous Dan Spivey, who does uh, rehab work for uh, drug and alcohol addicts. And you have you for depression and CTE, which um, CTE is a very, very close subject to me. Because a lot of times with wrestling and football, you know, um, sometimes there's some promoters and some teams that want to rush you out there. And it gets to the point where you walk away from it and you, you're a millionaire and you're uh, – your brain is jelly, you know, literally. Like, you, you don't know what to do. You're like a, a, a three-, four-year-old again. Yeah, I mean, it, it's bad. But like I said, these people have nowhere to go. So when they have nowhere to go, you got to step up, get with some other like-minded people, some people that know more than you, some people that know more in the field, and create somewhere for them to go. But with that, we got to wrap this up because me and you got things to do tonight. So, uh, <laughs> well, yeah, real quick, um, tell people where they can find you. Uh, you can find me on Facebook, Men on a Mission to Legacy. Uh, you can email me at CasanovaAce uh, at Yahoo.com. And, uh, I mean, that's pretty much it. What you about know, the you show? You can always get in touch with me. What about the uh, Not Your Mama's Radio Show? Oh, Not Your Mama's Radio Show every Thursday <laughs> to 10 Eastern Standard Time. My bad, thanks. Well, uh, shouts out to Dreamy Mimi. Shouts out to Sir Mo, And uh, I also would say, well, Sir Oscar, by the way, I, I hereby knight thee. Well, thank you. So uh, thank you very much, and it's a pleasure seeing you, and I would love to have you back on the show in the future. All right. I'd love to be back. All right. Thank you. I literally forgot that I mentioned uh, – Survivor Series 1993. Wow. Um, yeah, to many people, that was one of the worst work matches ever. Uh, it was actually one of the worst match of uh, 1993 by many, many critics. But like Oscar said, it was entertainment. The kids loved it. They fell for it. And plus, everybody got paid, which to some people, that's more important. <laughs> well... It's all about entertainment when you're doing this business. It's not all seriousness. But I, I thank Oscar again uh, for talking about men on the mission and his upbringing in Brooklyn, New York, and his comeuppance in Los Angeles, uh, California. Everybody say, hey, ho. Uh, okay, it doesn't work with me, but our truth can say, whoop, there it is, and all the little kitties pop. But anyway, um, he does run a... He, he does run a podcast called Not Your Mama's Radio, which is on Pipe Bomb Radio. Uh, at this time, they should be making a comeback to the show. So you can catch Not Your Mama's Radio show on Pipe Bomb Radio and also blogtalkradio.com. Also, I have forgot to leave the links right after the uh, Roman Reigns Heart of a Warrior song by Montezzi. You can catch Montezzi at www.moretolifeentertainment.com. I can spell that for you, which is M-O-O-R-E-T-O-L-I-F-E-E-N-T dot com. Also, you can catch Montezzi on YouTube under Message Montezzi TV, SoundCloud.com slash Montezzi Moore, Twitter.com Montezzi Moore, and Instagram at Montezzi Moore. See, it's all just the same thing over and over again, which is not bad. You know, because all you got to do is just remember that one thing and go to the mini sites and look them up. Uh, he's also sent me more music. So um, 
it will be also in the future episodes of Shy Lounge. So uh, be prepared to be blown away. I, I think what he's doing is great. It's also hot. Um, also, one note about his Twitter. His name is Brock Steiner. Um, it, it put me back a little bit when I saw that. I'm thinking he's a fan of Brock Lesnar and Scott Steiner, uh, a big man guy. But then again, that could be his his flow. His flow, hip-hop flow is heavyweight. But, again, uh, I think Oscar from Men on a Mission, uh, he'll be around another time with Shy Lounge. Maybe he got some road stories to tell. Uh, possibly I can get Mo, Sir Mo on the show. Which I know I will because um, I want him on the show. But I can get them together and they can have spawn a debate or something. Maybe maybe a live show uh, once Shy Lounge gets off the ground. Or is it off the ground? I don't know. But as I always say, a guy can only dream. But uh, also, I will be throwing a special DLC episode. Uh, possibly is already released now or it's going to be released after this episode featuring Linda K of Pro Wrestling Report uh, unfortunately I didn't put it on the show because this show was running a little bit too long over an hour plus I got the music and the interview so she will uh, be making her appearance on a side note even though she's a main note on another episode it's going to be really small just DLC tell me what you think leave a comment on SoundCloud uh, check it out on iTunes, uh, Stitcher Radio. And then also let me know on Facebook, facebook.com slash shin.blade.808, twitter.com, uh, tweet me at sensational one, uh, or just look under Shinblade. So do all that. But before I get out of here, I have some upcoming events that I'm going to let you know about when you hear this podcast. Jay. January 15th to 16th, I will be in Lancaster, Pennsylvania for Keystone Wrestling, formerly LCW, for two shows, one Friday Night Fights, and Saturday featuring Ron Simmons, Sanjay Dutt, and Trevor Lee. I repeat again, WWE legend Ron Simmons, damn, Sanjay Dutt, and Trevor Lee of Global Force Wrestling. Also, the next week, I will be in Rahway, New Jersey, for Pro Wrestling Syndicate versus Global Force Wrestling. And that is a lot of talent for me to name. I will name it next week if I can catch my breath or if I have enough time. What well, being that said, I'm going to close the show. I throw the shy hands out to you, the level of positivity. This is Shinblade, the sensational one, should I say. And I must say, thank you for listening. And I can't.